Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast. Joseph Kursky, geographer, here with you now to discuss national statistical agencies counting the population. National statistical agencies counting the population. Seems appropriate to do so in this U.S. decennial census year of 2020. Geographers love data. Data is critical to analyzing the world. Because a central theme of geography is to study the numbers of people, how those numbers change over space and over time, and the characteristics of those people, or demographics, the systematic counting of people by statistical agencies around the world is, I believe, a revolution in geography. The gathering and recording of the numbers and characteristics of a population is called a census. The word from Latin sincere, assess or estimate, was applied to the registration of citizens and property in ancient Rome, as well as a list of adult males fit for military service. It now applies to all residents of a country in which it is conducted, though it took a while to reach that point. Native Americans, for example, were not counted for the first 60 years in the USA, being considered part of, quote, other nations, end quote. Essential to be able to compare populations between different countries is agreements on the types of data that should be collected, official definitions and classification methods that should be used to organize the data once it has been collected. Consider, for example, gathering data on, quote, young people, quote, in a country. What age should be the cutoff for young? When a person can vote or obtain a driver's license? All such measures vary among countries, and in some countries, no voting exists. Even in a single country, definitions have changed over time. In the U.S. Census, only white and black were first used. Free colored persons was added in 1820. Other classifications, such as mulatto, have disappeared, and then reappeared, and then disappeared. And more recently, multi-race has been added. And since 1970, people were given the option of choosing their own race in filling out census forms. Recently, it was reported that the Census Bureau is considering using category instead of the term race for the 2020 census. The United Nations Population Fund, or UNFPA, explains that, quote, a traditional population and housing census requires mapping an entire country, figuring out what technologies should be employed, mobilizing and training legions of enumerators, conducting a major public campaign, canvassing all households, collecting individual information, compiling hundreds of thousands or millions of completed questionnaires, monitoring procedures and results, and analyzing and disseminating the data. End quote. In the USA, the Statistical Data Gathering Agency is the United States Census Bureau, defined in Title 13 U.S. Code Part 11, forming in 1902 under the Department of the Interior, moving the next year to the Department of Commerce. The census is conducted every 10 years. Before the establishment of the agency, temporary census workers were hired to collect and tabulate the data. Conducting the census in a country the size of the USA is no small task. For the 2010 census alone, 360 million questionnaires were printed, which would stand 29 miles or 46.6 kilometers high, more than five times higher than Mount Everest, 
or if stretched end to end, would circle the globe three times. The 2010 questionnaire was available in six languages, and 1.2 million people were hired to conduct the census, working out of 494 local census offices. National censuses extend far back into ancient times. In 3800 BCE by the Babylonians, 3340 BCE in Egypt, in Greek and Mesopotamian city-states 1700 years later, in India under Emperor Maurya in 300 BCE, in Israel in 2000 BCE, and in 6 BCE, organized by Quirinius as mentioned in the Bible, in China in 2 CE during the Han Dynasty, recording 59.6 million people, and in a few other places. The Middle Ages saw census taking by William the Conqueror of England for the Domesday Book in 1086. The Incas during the 1400s, without a written language, recorded data on quipus, strings made from llama or alpaca hair or cotton cords with values encoded by knots using a base 10 positional system. Pretty amazing. In modern times, enumerations began to be made at regular intervals. In Quebec and Nova Scotia, 1665 to 1754, Sweden, 1749, Denmark, 1787, several German states, 1742, and in England from 1801. In the USA, because population counts were tied to representation in the US House of Representatives, the census was mandated in the Constitution. and has been held every 10 years beginning in 1790. The 2010 census found 308,745,538 people in the USA. Organizations have evolved in countries to handle the ever larger task of census taking, such as the US Census Bureau, Statistics New Zealand, and the National Institute of Statistics and Economic Studies in France. although other agencies in most countries also share in these enormous tasks. The methods that statistical agencies have used to collect, process, and disseminate information about people and other segments of their country's life have evolved over time. For example, the U.S. Census Bureau used Hollerith's electric counting machine beginning in 1890. I used to work for the U.S. Census Bureau, very proud to say that, and every day I pass the display in the headquarters lobby of the Universal automatic computer Univac 1, the first computer used in census tabulation in 1950. <laughs> no folks, I wasn't around in 1950, but I remember seeing that machine there. It used 5,200 vacuum tubes, yes vacuum tubes, and weighed 29,000 pounds, or 13 metric tons, occupying 382 square feet, or 35.5 square meters of floor space. Programs I'm putting that in quotes here, programs were large physical boards of tubes and resistors physically attached to the back of the computer. Yet it was a major leap forward, able to add in 525 microseconds and multiply in 2150 microseconds. More recently, in preparation for the 2010 census, 500,000 handheld computers were used, saving over $1 billion. Another component of the evolution has been the change from people physically interviewing the occupants and recording the information to mail-in census forms to, in some cases, digital enumeration. The forms used have also evolved. At the current time, the U.S. Census uses a 10-item form including questions about sex, age, race, household relationships, and property. 
the scale of the geography reported on has changed in most places to increasingly detailed areas, down to the neighborhood level called enumeration areas in many countries, super output areas in the UK, and census tracts and block groups in the USA. Perhaps the innovation that impacted geographic analysis more than any other to come out of a census initiative was the TIGER, Topologically Integrated Geographic Encoding and Referencing System, the first nationwide digital map database, from which sprang forth consumer mapping services such as MapQuest and Google Maps, and which formed the basis for streets, address ranges, and statistical areas within nearly every geographic information systems or GIS database. I was very proud to have worked on this TIGER system when I was a geographer at the U.S. Census Bureau. Concerns about data quality have always surrounded census data. Hence, measures have been taken to standardize questions around the world. However, each country has their own needs, thus variation exists. Furthermore, not every country makes their data public. Concerns about undercounts and overcounts accompany each census. More recently, concerns about data privacy have arisen. Despite these and other concerns, census data is immensely valuable to the discipline of geography, so much so that it is difficult to imagine practicing geography without demographic and other census data. Geographers can apply statistical and mapping techniques on hundreds of variables and dozens of statistical, such as census tracts, and geographic, political, such as municipalities, areas. Errors and missing data are managed through statistical techniques and data quality measures by the producing agencies, as well as by researchers using the data, and international agencies such as the World Health Organization and the World Bank gather much data. Because of the high cost of census taking and because of the increased need for more frequent updates of data rather than every decade, sampling techniques such as the American Community Survey that undergo rigorous statistical scrutiny are widely employed, so that the counts are derived from samples rather than total counts. For example, the American Community Survey samples 3 million households annually. In other areas impacting cultural geography, census taking has been revolutionary. Because population counts help determine the number of seats a state occupies in the U.S. House of Representatives, it impacts the regional balance of political power there and in other nations using this process of apportionment. Even more impactful is that census data also determines how federal funding is distributed across some countries, from universities to schools, hospitals, highways, bridges, libraries, emergency services, and social programs such as job, job training and many more. In the USA alone, $400 billion of funding is directly tied to census counts. Lastly, an innumerable amount of researchers from nonprofit organizations, school districts, universities, private companies, government agencies, and other sectors of society depend on census data to do everything from aiding people and the environment, rescue work, city planning, citing new businesses, and so much more. Furthermore, while statistical agencies most often gather information about people and housing units, many agencies gather data on agriculture, business, traffic, and other themes. These other categories, too, have a long history. The Babylonian census counted the number of people, but also livestock and quantities of butter, honey, milk, wool, and vegetables. These other 
themes have also enabled geographers to make sense of the world, to construct models of how these phenomena work, and to recommend solutions from a geographic perspective, for example, of how traffic should flow efficiently through a city to minimize sl slowdowns and save fuel. In the USA, the economic and agricultural censuses collect data about economic production, business establishments, agricultural production, and government institutions. This data has a human component as well. For example, it also includes statistics on minority and women-owned businesses. The data are used for purposes such as locating business markets, developing job training programs, and assisting local businesses. Census taking has influenced geography in still another way, through the development of mapping technologies. These include, perhaps most significantly, from the U.S. Census Bureau, the first nationwide address encoding digital street map for the nation, the TIGER system, as I mentioned, the topologically integrated geographic encoding and referencing system. This became the basis for much of modern web mapping and geocoding and was fundamental to GIS and to spatial analysis. Thanks for listening to this National Statistics Agency's entry in the Thinking Spatially podcast. Go out there and be spatial. Thanks.